The Detroit Tigers lose to the Cincinnati Reds in extra innings on Tuesday night in a very weird, uh, eventful, close. There's a lot of adjectives to describe this one. Let's talk about it all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, September 13th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team. Every day, be sure to check out the Tigers home radio broadcast on the SiriusXM app. Just search Detroit Tigers. The next thing you know, anytime, anywhere. As long as the Tigers are playing straight from the app, you can be listening to the beautiful and fantastic Tigers home radio broadcast. The Tigers dropped Tuesday night's game by a score of 6-5 to five in extra innings at the hands of the Cincinnati Reds. Reds obviously playing for a lot. Tigers as a team not playing for a whole lot. Still a lot of individual battles. We've been talking about that a lot over the last few weeks. Uh, certainly not nothing to play for for the, this, the guys on this roster, but wins and losses don't really matter to the Tigers at this point, and they mean a boatload. So the Cincinnati Reds, who are in the thick of an absolutely electric NL wildcard race uh, with three weeks left in the season. So fun to be a little bit of a part of that. Couldn't play spoilers in this one, uh, but you're not set up. And we'll get into, again, like there's a lot to go over in this game. A lot of decisions that were made, a lot of contributions that were made, maybe some lack of contributions made. Uh, There's a lot to go over. Okay. Again, decisions on and off the field as well. But um, you know, I think where was my even train of thought going? I had a, a point with the Reds. Oh, you set yourself up kind of nicely the remainder of this series. You know, you, you burn through a boatload of pitchers in their bullpen. You know, you're not their starter out of the game after just four innings. Uh, they had to use one, two, three, four, five, six relievers because nobody went multi innings for them. That's that's not a bad position to be in after game one. You had a chance to win against a better team. You came up short. It's frustrating. We'll talk about it. Um, but there's still two games left in the series, and they've already used six relievers. So hopefully the Tigers can do some damage here the remainder of this series. Um, let's just get right into it, though. Let's talk about some of the performances from the Tigers side of things. We'll start with Joey Wentz, and the reason we'll start with Joey Wentz is because I want to just honestly get the conversation over with. I, after this season ends, okay, what is that, October 1st, I would tell Joey Wentz that he is not allowed to pick up, think about, or or even remotely take in the game of baseball for the next, like, month, maybe two months. I, I would tell him to go on vacation Go go home, like like to his hometown home, like spend time with his family. Uh, I, if he has a significant other, go go take them somewhere. I, like legitimately, that that would be my like if I was in charge, that would be my my great baseball advice. And, and like I, it's just like his final line in this one: two and two thirds, six hits, five runs, only two of them earned, three walks and one strikeout, and, and like. I mean, I can bring up again, like the fastball wasn't good. His fastball this season has been dreadful. It has a slug over 600, a batting average over 300. 
You're talking about like every time he throws his four seam fastball, the hitter turns into prime Miguel Cabrera. Like it, it it's, it, it just hasn't worked. And like, I, I didn't think that everything else besides the fastball in this game was like excellent. Like, it's not like, Oh, like if it just wasn't for the four seamer, he would have been great tonight, but um, it, it certainly would have helped a lot. And I think that is the root of all of his struggles. Genuinely. Like I, I think we last year, literally last September for like five starts in the month, he had like a, a two ERA. He even had a sub two at one point in the month of September. Like he, he was great. And a lot of people, including myself, had a, uh, thought he had a lot of promise, had a lot of expectations for him coming into the season. And, and just that fastball has killed him. It, it's just, it has been so devastating and in, in all the, the wrong ways. And so my my big advice, that would genuinely be what I would do. I'd be like, dude, don't even, I, if you pick up a baseball, you're cut. Like, I, genuinely, like go, I, I don't want you to even think about this sport for the next three to five weeks. Treat it like a like a like a hamstring injury. Four to six weeks, you're out of you're out of commission, Bucko. For real, like that. I, I just it, it's been a rough year, and clearing his mind will do a lot of good. And I think he needs the off season as as much as anybody right now. Uh, I, I still like think that there's a profile there. Like I have not completely written this dude off. I know some people laugh at that and, and think it's ridiculous. I'm not trying to argue that he's had a good season, but like th- there's still a profile here that intrigues me. It just the profile doesn't matter if you don't have a four seam fastball to set up the rest of the pitches that make your profile cool. So that's going to be that's going to continue to be the biggest area that he needs to improve on the remainder of the season. So we'll get that out of the way. Joey Wentz not great again. Also worth noting. I mean the walks not great. Had some command issues, um, but got no help from his defense. Uh, absolutely none. And like pretty much every pitcher that was on the bump tonight didn't really get a ton of help from the defense in this ball game. And like, it, it's so weird because the, the Tigers positioning is so great. Like they, it, it's one of the unsung, like under the radar, nobody e- either realizes or talks about it on a day-to-day basis. The Tigers defensive positioning year in and year out in the Hinch era has been one of the best in all of baseball. And, and this year is no different, even with the shift limitations you know the shift isn't gone it's just limited um so i i think that that is um that that is worth noting but like at the end of the day positioning can only get you like so much of an advantage <laughs> you know like can only help you so much um if you don't have people who can play major league defense you don't have people who can play major league defense and uh, that's not to say that this team is full of just like awful defenders. The team uh, defensive stats are actually not terrible on the season. It's just that there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors that go into rating team defense. And I think that this team still has a long way to go to be like a good defensive team in my eyes. That's all. And this game again, Joey Wentz, not a great outing, but certainly didn't get a lot of help behind him either uh let's talk about the offense okay we got Joey Wentz out of the way let's talk about the offense in this game some some I mean this was really Andy Abanez was uh was fantastic goes two for four with a walk which is I mean maybe the most impressive thing uh, he has a, he's a walk rate of under five percent like at least he did going into the game maybe maybe that walk put him over five percent but like he's a guy that's going to go up there and hack and uh for him to uh 
to go up there and record a walk. That might be the most surprising thing of all. But yeah, 728 OPS on the season now certainly has been worth the waiver claim and had a solid game. You saw kind of the giveth and the taketh away. Like he had he had the error, like one of the the errors. I think that I hope they ruled it an error. Okay, they did. Two errors for the Tigers on the evening. I'm assuming one of those is the Ibanez play. Um and, and that yeah, deserved. So uh, you know, saw a little bit of the, the 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 peaks and valleys, and then the extra inning was it extras? No, he came up in the ninth, didn't he? Was it extras? Regardless, he he came up with two outs and a runner in scoring position. It was definitely the ninth inning, and uh, did not come up and swung at a ball that like if Javi Baez did it, it would be viral right now, and everyone would be complaining about it. But Andy Ibanez did it, so nobody cares. Um, it was a slider that was like 16 feet out of the strike zone. Um, and yeah, like Abanez homered, Baez doesn't hit homers anymore. Like I, I'm not trying to compare the two. Abanez has been a significantly better hitter than, than, than Baez this season, but, um, you know, he, he's going to go up there and hack. And, uh, and I, I still think that puts kind of a limitation on the peaks that he can reach, but great, great game for Andy. And, and was, uh, one of the sole reasons that we were in this ball game period. We'll talk about the... Andy Abanya is getting thrown out at home later in the episode. Uh, let's keep the ball rolling, though. We got some more offensive performances to talk about. Got some some stuff within the lineup to talk about. Got Parker Meadows to talk about as well. We'll do that right after I tell you all about our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the best, and it is NFL season, baby. How about them Lions? So get ready for the NFL season with an incredible offer from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off of NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy. To use and you can bet on everything from spreads, player props, and more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. Appreciate y'all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Uh shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping game two of this series against the Cincinnati Reds. Um, so let's keep the ball rolling with the offense here. Andy Abanez, obviously great game, solid all around, except for the error. Uh, Matt Veerling, nice hit and a walk. Again, solid, came up in crunch time, didn't come through. It's it's really, we've talked about it before, but uh, Matt Veerling with nobody on base and with a runner in scoring position is like completely different like hitter and human being. I'm convinced. Uh, it's it's remarkable how different the stats are. Uh, what else in this game? Miggy played. Good to see. Want to see him just play as many games as he possibly can the last three weeks of his Major League Baseball career. So good to see there. Uh, one for four with an RBI and then three strikeouts, unfortunately. Kerry Carpenter with two hits and a strikeout to end the game. Uh, who else? Javi 0 for four. He swung. <laughs> Ball was... Ball almost hit him, and he tried to move out of the way and, and swung and missed and clearly was upset. Just the kind of year that he's had, unfortunately. 576 OPS, man. Goodness. Um, I, I think that there's not a ton of like big standouts. It was just kind of a team approach. They they got a, an attacked early, and that was the biggest thing, man. Like they, they, they didn't do a ton of damage late in the game. 
But I mean, in the first inning, they had four runs and in the fifth inning tagged on uh, or three runs in the first inning and then tagged on a couple of more in the fifth. So uh, yeah, just got off to a hot start, kind of cooled off as the game, you know, didn't score from the sixth through the 10th. That's something they got to work on again, three, four, 14 with risp. It's about a 214 batting average. That is about what the Tigers have done this season in risk. That's that's very close to their season numbers. So uh, <laughs> on brand and certainly did not do well with risk in the entire second half of the baseball game, extra innings included. Let's talk about Parker Meadows for a little bit here. He has gone on a huge, huge offensive skid. Uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit in earlier this week and I had said something on the lines of you know and and until he's striking out a boatload I'm not going to freak out too terribly much uh I I still maintain that like he even had in in the last couple of days man he's had a couple of hard hit balls that have just gone right at people I think a little bit is just being snake bitten but it's certainly worth noting and I, I don't ever expect I said this when he got called up. I, I I don't ever expect Parker Meadows to be some like elite 900 plus OPS hitter. And I don't think he needs to be to be incredibly valuable to this team. Uh, he's going to be a big time plus defender. We'll talk about that a little bit later. We've been talking about a lot already in his major league career. Made a great play in this ballgame. Two great plays in this ballgame. Um, but if, if he can be even be around a league average hitter, like genuinely, like if he can even have like a mid 700s, a 740, 750 OPS, this dude can can bat eighth or ninth for a good team and be unbelievably valuable. Like, so I, I don't think there's a ton of pressure on him to like come up here and be fantastic. This is also what September is for. Like, you know how many players make adjustments in the first couple of months of their careers? Like that, the, the jump from AAA to the majors is massive. It's all about making adjustments. That's why I'm going to reiterate it again. If Colt Keith is your third baseman next year, why is he not here making those adjustments to the majors now and not next year in April and May? That doesn't make any sense to me, but we'll, we'll stay on, on topic here and talk about Parker. Um, So yeah, like if he was, I mean, like in this game, he went, he went over three with one strikeout and his strikeout rate isn't, isn't low. But it's not like astronomically concerningly high right now. If and his chase rate is low, like he he's he's actually been really really solid uh, as far as not expanding the strike zone too terribly much. His walk rate is really solid at the present moment. Like th- there's a lot of underlying numbers that don't worry me about the skid, but it's certainly something that I have to bring up and, and something that I think to some extent water will find its level a little bit. And I'm sure he's making a ton of adjustments every single game, first stint in the majors. And it's not like he's not providing you anything. He uh, Like the Parker Meadows effect was in full effect in this game, despite the fact that he went over. He stole a base, got in scoring position in a tie game in the ninth inning. There wasn't even a throw. It was such an easy stolen base for him. And made two amazing plays in center field. So like... the. You know, I, I I appreciate how valuable he is in all these other areas to where, like, you don't even need to put a ton of pressure on him to, to be some great hitter, you know. So I that's kind of where I stand. Um, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see how he's doing. But I'm not I'm not too terribly worried about it yet. Well, but uh, but we'll see how the rest of the series and the week plays out for him. All right. Extra innings. Uh, I want to actually start with the ninth inning. You know how pathetic it is that 
we had the fastest dude on our team on second base with one out in the bottom of the ninth in a tie baseball game and the top of the lineup do up. And we did not even come close to winning the baseball game. Matt Veerling popped out to second base. Andy Ibanez grounded out to third. In two, like, relatively speaking, uncompetitive ABs. Like, Andy Ibanez took a couple of pitches. He took a couple of strikes. It's wild to me that, like, he was taking strikes because that's he swings at everything. And then he followed up by swinging again at a ball in the other batter's box. And, like, Matt Veerling is just, like, is he the worst hitter on the team with risk? We looked it up, uh, like, a week and a half ago. It's him and Jake Rogers are just, like, absolutely dreadful with risk this season. Um, and, and so, like, that's just – that's so – like, pathetic is the word to me. Like, you have the top of your lineup do up with one of the fastest players in the sport on second base and only one out. And, and he wasn't even close to scoring. So, like, I, I know I'm barking up a tree here in, in mid-September for a team that's 12 games under 500. I, I understand, but it's just – that that's that's so embarrassing that's so embarrassing so that already frustrated me and then we we have extra innings now i want to make i well well, let's just talk about it let's let's talk about the send here the andy abanez on contact clearly uh is sent home he's thrown out by 75 feet aj hinch in the postgame presser says that they were going on contact if the ball wasn't hit right to India. I think it was India at second base. Um, that uh, it would have been a much closer player. He might have even been a safe. They just got bad luck that it got hit right at somebody. That is all objectively true. Um, but th- we've seen a lot lately, a lot lately, that the Tigers have been running on contact on third base and been getting thrown out. Um, you know, it, it, it's It's tough. It's, it's really tough to break down because you're really caught between a, a rock and a hard place. The Tigers are 9-8, and eight, I want to say, 9-7 and seven going into this game. They're over 500 in extra innings this season. So it, it's not like they just keep getting thrown out at home in extra innings every single time. And they're, you know, the Padres are like 0-11 or something crazy in, uh, in extra innings this season. Like they, they've won more extra inning games than they've lost. And the the thing that makes me not as upset at other people about it is that this offense still stinks, dog. Like that that's really the underlying like if we had the Braves offense and people are getting thrown out at home in close meaningful games in September, I'd be furious. I'd come on here and I and I'd be scorching the earth, right? But like this offense is still so bad that like your default probably, I don't know, dare I say should be run on contact and hope that it's not hit right at somebody so that you can score a run. Like that kind of philosophy, it, it, it giveth and taketh away. Like acting like we just get thrown out every time and it never benefits us is, is ridiculous. Like there have been a, a, a lot of plays that if we're not running on contact at third, we don't score on. And this team needs all the runs they can get. So like, it, it, it's it's tough. Like I, it frustrates me to no end. I don't want to make this sound like I'm just like, oh, you have to do it, and it's just like the the easy choice. And like everybody who's mad is stupid. Like that's not what I'm trying to say. It, it, it pisses me off to no end too. But 
the, the mental gymnastics going on in my head around like, is it the right move? Is it not? I, I just, I go back and forth a lot. Like bad offenses should be aggressive base runners because you don't know when the next opportunity you're going to get a man on third is going to be, <laughs> right? You, you don't know how many scoring opportunities you have in a game. So you kind of have to put the pressure on the defense when you don't score any runs. And I genuinely believe that if the Tigers offense was better and was like a good offense, that we wouldn't be the most aggressive base running team you've ever seen. I don't know. I I, I go back and forth a lot. And I, uh, I default back to just blaming the fact that this offense is bad. <laughs> and, and that's kind of like the root of all evils here. <laughs> I think if you have a good offense, that problem kind of fixes itself and you don't need to be that aggressive, but I don't know. Everybody's going to have a different opinion on that one. Uh, and, and I hear out everybody. I, again, it, it pisses me off to no end as well. Seeing us get thrown at the plate so often, but okay. I'm just talking in circles at this point. I think I've said my piece. Uh, let's talk about the bullpen, which was fantastic in this baseball game. Then a little bit of defense. Then we'll preview game two. All right, we'll do that right after I tell y'all about Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case is providing five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluations to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com promo code LOCKEDON. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Let's wrap this up here. Let's talk about the bullpen. Bullpen was fantastic in this baseball game. Did not allow a single run. Bo Brisky, two innings, no earned runs. Will Vest, one and a third, no runs. Tyler Holton, one and two thirds of perfect baseball. Uh, Jason Foley, one and a third, no runs. Perfect baseball for him as well. And then Alex Lang does give up the Manfred runner but does not have any earned runs to his name. We'll talk about Lang at the end. Everyone else I thought was great. Brisky pissed me off the first batter he faced, and then from then on out was kind of smooth sailing. Uh, again, two innings. Like, that's that's the thing about Brisky, man. Like, if he can find it, if he can get that horizontal pitch that I've said a billion times this season, and I, I apologize for the broken recordness of that, but it's just I'm so passionate that that's like the one thing that would make him so good. Um, I, You know, if he can find that, this is a dude that can pump 96, 97 out of your bullpen and give you two or three innings. And like having him and Alex Fiedo and Tyler Alexander, who's a lefty, that could all give you multiple innings. Like, you know how effective and, and versatile of a bullpen the Tigers could have next year if all those guys figure it out? Like, that would be so fun and so valuable. Oh, my goodness. From the amount of times that 
that like a lot of y'all have gotten mad at me for like defending the bullpen management because of just innings. And that's just been my default answer. It's just been, well, you need innings and we don't have innings because we don't have any starters that go deep into games consistently. Like that would fix so many of those issues. I, I, I really am cautiously optimistic about how this bullpen could look next year. You could have three or four multi-inning relievers. You could have Foley and, and Lang back. And you could go out and get some high leverage one inning relievers in free agency. You could be looking at at a very uh, again like versatile and legitimate bullpen next year, and that really excites me. So um, I, I liked what I saw from Brisky in this one. Besides the walk, four Ks and two innings, always good. Will Vest, one and a third, perfect baseball, all four outs, strikeouts. Will I tweeted this out or posted it, whatever? Will Vest in the last two weeks has been, I said he's been better than prime Mariano Rivera. He hasn't given up a run since August 22nd. That's over two weeks ago. He's been striking out nearly everybody. He he hasn't been walking anybody either. No base runners, really. He's been an absolute monster. And for as much as I, uh, again, like I was worried about him coming back from the injury. He's been unreal. And he has been, you know, one of the guys we talk about players who have the most to gain and lose in September if Will Vest continues this and just ends the season lights out and then goes into spring next year and looks even remotely close to how he did in September, we're, we're talking about a, a guy who's going to play himself into being in this bullpen and be a middle reliever for this team next year. So good on him. Tyler Holton, you know, the sky is blue. Tyler Holton's a dog, you know, uh, just uh, another day, a day that ends in Y. So Tyler Holton is an absolute effing dog. Uh, good for him. Uh, Jason Foley, good. Gave up the one hard hit ball and Parker Meadows is Parker Meadows. So thankfully he didn't come back to bite him. Thought that he looked pretty solid in this one though. All things considered Then Alex Lang, you know, the hit he gave up, uh, I mean, it was, it was a soft contact blooper. It was a curveball that did like get left up a little bit more than I'd like for sure. Uh, I, th- I think it's a little bit higher in the zone than he wanted it as well. I think ideally he wants that closer to the kneecaps and it was more at the thighs, but uh, you know, I, 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 some people disagree with this and like, you're the closer. You shouldn't give up any runs ever, but like, I, I I'm not, I don't get mad at people that give up the Manfred runner, man. Like that, that's not like a long history of baseball. Like it's a new thing. It's, it's, it's an honor and run. It, the guy starting halfway around the base, like Alex Lang could have a one, two, three inning. You could literally have a one, two, three inning and give up the run. Ground ball to second, fly out, fly out. There you go. You just gave up a run. So, like, I, I don't get too mad at the Manfred runner, like, giving up there. Th- this offense, it, inexcusable to not score the Manfred runner. Like, right, right. Like, I'm giving our pitchers a pass for giving it up because it's such a guarantee that you should just score it. I don't know why I'm getting so fired up over a mid-September game, but like it, it's it's just like that's that like that I, I can't have it both ways. Like I, I the offense is not off the hook for just refusing to score the Manfred runner ever. But um yeah, so I the bullpen was great though. It was great. And again, like I, I'm cautiously optimistic about how this bullpen could look next season. The defense in this game, only two things I want to point up. One, Parker Meadows is unbelievable. That ball in the gap might be, I think is, more impressive than the diving catch. Like the diving catch was great, and uh, it was more of a falling catch, right? Like he caught it, and then like his momentum made him dive. That was awesome, and like was a really big moment. The the ball in the gap, uh, that's miraculous. Like that that ball was a double. That was literally a double. 
Like that, <laughs> that, that, uh, that ball was, was smoked. It was in the gap. A- and he just, he, he's a gazelle. He's magnificent. He's beautiful. He's elegant, right? He's he's so fun to watch out there in center field, and that's where you see a lot of his value come through. So I just wanted to point that out. Uh, Defensively, no one could throw the ball to Torkelson at first base, and it's really annoying that, like, that's just, like, a consistent norm that he has to deal with. Uh, He's a great scooper, thankfully, like an elite-level scooper, Um, and so that's great. Uh, but if we could just hit him in the chest, that'd be awesome. And then to then on the flip side, Torkelson made a horrible decision on a cutoff play uh, that cost the team an out. How many times? How, how many times? I, I want somebody to count. I want to know how many times I have complained this calendar year about the Tigers and their just obsession with letting the trail runner get an extra base. It it's it's like they want it to happen. Gen it, it it it's mind-boggling to me. It's like they're trying. It's like they're like, "Oh yeah, it, it, it's a part of baseball. You always let the the trail runner just advance an extra 90 feet." It, it it's like they they think it's a competition and they think that they get runs if for some reason they let it Oh my goodness, I've said it a million times, but like golly it's frustrating. And, and he made a, a boneheaded play, like uh, objectively. He was the cutoff man, and he threw the ball to third on a ball that, like, it was not even really a close play to get the runner out at third. And, and my goodness, I don't even remember who the runner was. I don't think it was Ellie, but it might have been Ellie, was right in front of him. Literally, like, I, not exaggerating, right in front of him. About 10 feet off of first base, just a dead duck right in front of him. And he just turns and throws it to third for some reason. Cost yourself an out. Joey Wentz needs all the outs he can get. Just a, a very, very frustrating and bad play. Then ended up costing, again, the Tigers base runners and runs. So um, just wanted to point that out. For, still, still, can anyone, I, I, I want to spend all offseason just studying tape of of trail runners. You know how many outs? Like, you're not a good enough team to be giving away that many outs and an extra 90 feet. I've been complaining about this since April. It's September, and it's still happening just as often. Okay, we spent enough time on it. That's it. That's it for the ball game. Frustrating one, for sure. But uh, at the end of the day, we got to have perspective here. This is a better team. And again, they've set themselves up to, like, you should be able to, to make these last two games competitive, you should. They used their their A team bullpen, including their their really good closer. You y- you should be able to. You got good pitchers going, right? Like you had Joey Wentz in this game. Obviously, he struggled all year. You have Erod and Reese Olsen the next two games. There you go. That will lead that into our preview. Game two, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez going for the Detroit Tigers. Connor Phillips going for the Cincinnati Reds, uh, only has 4.2 innings pitched in his major league career, and they did not go well. 22-year-old rookie. Uh, look, man, uh, if this is a get-right game for this kid, I swear. I I swear. I'm not actually going to be mad about it. I'm just being dramatic. But, like, it, we, the writing's on the wall. Please don't make it 
Don't prove me right. I want to be proven wrong more than anything. All right? Don't prove me right. And then the finale will be at a day game on Thursday, and uh, Reese Olsen will go against a TBD. So uh, we'll preview that one a little bit more tomorrow as well. But yeah, Erod versus Phillips, you have the advantage there. You, they've burned through a lot of their bullpen. Let's have a game. All right, you're at home. That's supposed to be an advantage. All right, I'm just going to – I don't know why I'm so upset. Thanks for being locked on, Tigers. Your first listen every single day. Uh, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. I appreciate you all greatly for continuing to support the show, watch, listen, etc. even when the Tigers are in – for some people, they would consider it meaningless September baseball, but not here. All right. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers. Okay, I just played the wrong video for two seconds. Go Tigers. <laughs>